Miss Marvel truly does continue to wow and delight. I've got my full review and breakdown of episode three coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I'm like this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up? What is up? And welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, I'm talking all about episode three of Miss Marvel. That is right. The new Disney Plus show that continues to wow me every single week, and I don't know how it's doing it, but I'm going to try and figure it out. We're going to talk about episode three today and how excellent. It really was. Uh, But first, before we get into Miss Marvel, big news today on Disney Plus. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is officially available on the streaming platform. That means that you can re-watch Multiverse of Madness and specifically watch the scenes in which him and America fall through all of the different multiverses and then pause it at every single one so you can closely identify all of the Easter eggs in every single scene and multiverse because uh that's what that's what normal people do right that that's that's why i'm so excited that it's on disney plus finally um but yes it's on disney plus which is very exciting it's also available on vod if you wanted to purchase it at all uh but pretty crazy that uh we were we were hyping up doctor strange for so long and now it's it's happened and it's here on disney plus already pretty crazy i Probably won't rewatch it myself if I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Super duper honesty time. It's pretty low on my MCU rankings. The more I think about it, and I know uh, back when I I reviewed it and talked about it, I said the more that I think about it, the more that I like it and the more I appreciate it. And and that's somewhat true. But the more that I think about it now, I just don't know. I just don't know exactly uh, how I feel about the the project as a whole. Um, maybe Miss Marvel has has changed my idea a little bit of what I'm looking for in a Marvel project and what I like the most. I think it definitely has its highlights. Um, I am excited to relive some of the scenes, uh, specifically Wanda just going absolutely wild on some people. I think that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to to have in the house. But, you know, um, I probably won't sit and watch the entire movie uh, anytime soon. That's just a personal thing. But if you do... I'm super excited for you. Enjoy Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on Disney Plus today. Okay, let's talk about Miss Marvel, episode three a little bit. I like this episode a lot, and it appears that it is the highest rated episode of the series so far on IMDb. And as we know, Miss Marvel is the highest rated Disney Plus project on Rotten Tomatoes as well, which is very exciting. Um, I, I thought that this episode today, had so much heart at the center of it. And as I was writing my notes, as I was prepping for this podcast, I was trying to figure out what what is making Miss Marvel so special, right? Because we are now halfway done with the series, which is so wild. I never know how that happens. We just all of a sudden are halfway done with things. So we're three episodes in. We have three episodes to go. I feel like this show has had the most heart and the most compassion, and the most um, authentic kind of be-yourself family storyline of any 
Marvel project, especially of any Marvel Disney Plus project to date. And I I think that's what it is. I think that's why this show is so good is because every single week that we get to meet up with the cons and we get to live life through Kamala's eyes, but we also get to see her mom and her dad. And this week on the show, we got to see even more people that she is associated with that are in her life, whether good or bad. And then we got a great little, you know, kind of side storyline with Bruno and Nakia and her friends. And we learn about the djinn and we learn more about her culture as a, as a Pakistani girl. And I just feel like this show has something really special at the core of it. And it's, and it comes from um, people that, that want to tell this story in an unapologetic way. And I think that shined this week, primarily in the fact that we got to see Amar and Taisha's wedding. I thought was incredible. We get a really fun Bollywood music dancing at the after party of the, of the wedding. Um, and I just thought being immersed in that, being part of that celebration with everybody that we've come to know in over the last three weeks, um, and regardless of, of how much we know them and how invested in them we are, we know them. We know that they exist in Kamala's life. And seeing everybody under one roof was really fun. That was an awesome spectacle. And I always love to call out moments like that, especially because that's, that's you know, TV production. That's movie production. That is a, a, a project come to life right in front of your eyes because it is a lot of people all doing one thing uh, in one scene. And that is just kind of like the magic of these things, I feel like. But also this episode had lots of emotional moments between different characters that reinforced this idea of family and heart and love. And I think that's been happening ever since the first episode is that we're not super concerned with Kamala's powers. I think that is kind of another key to this because even though this is Miss Marvel's origin story, this is Kamala Khan getting her powers, becoming Miss Marvel that we will see on the big screen next year for the Marvels, which I can't, like, I'm just thinking about that makes me excited to see Amon Vellani on the big screen in IMAX opening weekend alongside some incredible other women in the MCU. That is, wow, I'm going down a path. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. But to, to not focus solely on her powers, on getting her powers, and focusing only on her powers, I think that's been something special about this show that that has been different from other things because we are more so focused on Kamala as, as a person, as a young woman, as someone growing up within this Pakistani culture and going to these uh, very significant events in her life and living her life while obtaining powers and while living in the Marvel Universe. So. I think that's really fun. I think that is is something special about the priorities of this show and something that it's done really, really, really well so far. The big thing about this episode in particular, episode three, is that I, I, I think it falls a little bit more in line, not necessarily with the MCU formula. And I don't like that. I don't like to say that because it just sounds... Terrible. Like it just doesn't sound good of 
of, oh, the MCU formula, which we all know the MCU has a formula and it is successful, which is why they use it. But I will say, I think it worked in this episode of, of kind of getting this um, kind of outside group of people, these cl- clandestines, the exiled group that, that was uh, Aisha, Najma, and all of these other people from other dimensions. And playing them off at first as kind of this found family for Kamala, which is where I thought it was going. So good, like, congratulations, Marvel Studios. You played me, I guess. I thought we were getting good things out of this. And I was excited for Kamala to have a very real family in her family, but also have this found family of like, wow, this is exciting that, you know, um, this, this Pakistani culture can range through dimensions. And when we are family, we are family. I thought that was really cool. And then I got the rug pulled out from under me. I guess it still kind of applies, but not really because they're bad and they're trying, they're trying to go get her. But more in line with the MCU formula of, of taking the, this group of side characters and using them to progress the plot forward, right? We needed that. We needed some, some event of tension. We needed something to, to push things into this direction. Uh, so I liked using them. Um, and, and learning about the djinn. I thought that was really, really good storytelling, really good. Um, from, from my standpoint, I don't know anything about them. And now I know a little history lesson. Now I know what they are, at least in the MCU and, and who they are. So I liked that a lot. I think there were a lot of moments in this episode. And I, and I said, I, I thought that played pretty well all the way until the end when, the DODC shows up and detains them and arrests them. I liked that for this episode. I thought it created a lot of tension and uh, and it worked really well to push Kamala into more kind of uncharted territory, into scary territory of trying to understand why people would be coming after her and why they want this bangle that she has. Um, and leaning more heavily into understanding the familial side of it, uh, especially on that call with her Nani at the end saying that she saw the train too. Is this a, a generational power? Is this something that lives within um, each con, each generation of con? Um, and is it, is like, how, how is it um, manifested? I, I think that's very interesting and, and uh, a lot of questions so far, but I liked this about it. And I think that the episode also did a lot of good things with very minimal dialogue. So I think, there were two instances in particular where uh, kind of the, the DODC shows up to the mosque and they're looking for Kamala and we get Nakia coming out and basically saying, look, is she a person, a person of interest because she is enhanced or because she was spotted in a mosque? I think something like that is really pertinent and powerful writing from one sentence. We don't need an entire paragraph. We don't need a big monologue. We just need this one sentence to understand how this situation makes each party feel that is in this situation. And, and uh, I love that. I thought that was wonderful. And then the conversation between Kamala and her mom about facing these mountains alone. And Kamala's mom mentions that coming to America was her mountain. And now that they have a family... Kamala never has to face a mountain like that alone. I think we're getting a lot of um, kind of setup for episode four, because in the end of this episode, Kamala says, I can't tell you. I can't tell you why those people got arrested, what is going on, why I pulled the alarm at Amar's wedding. I can't tell you these things. 
And I think we're going to get a big family breakthrough next week where Kamala does realize that she can go through anything with her family. And I think that's what we're going to end up with when we walk away from this show. And if that plays out to episode six, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, I have a sense and a feeling that episodes five and six, we're going to focus a little bit more on powers and her inclusion into future projects and things like that. And maybe um, focus more on the hero side of things, which, you know, not a bad thing because we haven't done that a lot yet. Um, but I think that by the time we get to the end of the, these six episodes, we are going to get this sense that Kamala has matured, she has grown, she has found that family conquers all. There's also another moment, I didn't want to forget it at all, is where uh, Kamala's dad and Kamala's brother are talking before the wedding, and he kind of, he mentions to him that a man can choose fear or love in his life, and the man who chooses family is never alone. So again, we get this big hearkening of how powerful and important family really is, so I foresee that playing a huge role in episode four and five and six and, and pushing us kind of to the end um, and kind of, you know, back to square one. I think family is the core. Family is the root and the heart of this entire show. And that's why it is working so well. Bruno gives Kamala a mask. I loved that moment. Uh, a couple other moments that I thought were really good in this episode. Uh, Brown Jovi. The, the cover band for, bound, for Bon Jovi at, at the party, at the celebration, I thought was really funny, excellent stuff. And then to get the next scene, which was a, a really fun kind of on the run, fight in the kitchen type situation for Kamala and the squad, as I call them, uh, running after her. Doing all of that too, living on a prayer by Bon Jovi was incredible. And it just just shows Marvel can can license any song that they ever want in any Marvel project. It's ridiculous because I can't imagine the 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 royalty fees on that, especially just for streaming on a show, is kind of crazy. Um another thing that I thought was interesting here. Um, so when you talk about towards the end of the episode, kind of Kamala's on the run from from Najma and the squad and everybody's kind of coming for her trying to get this bangle so they can get back home to their dimension really fun kitchen scene I loved the fight and the choreography I thought it played pretty well and it was um, a nice build up to kind of get there through the episode I think that's one thing that's being underutilized in the show or under under uh, underrated I guess is what I'm looking for is the pacing the pacing is working really really well but Kamala is playing defense against these people the entire time. And the moment that she decides to fight back is the same moment that Bruno gets hit. That is what pushes her over the edge and flips the switch on her to say, okay, I got to fight back. Got to get my fist out and start bashing some heads and start going crazy. She doesn't go that crazy, but you, you get the idea. She does fight back and it's Bruno getting hit that, that pushes her to get to, to kind of fight back. So, I thought that was an interesting moment in Kamala and Bruno's relationship and what they mean to each other and how they truly do care for one another on a really deep personal level. Um, I love that a lot. All in all to say, I think this episode is, is a hit. I think the show is a massive hit so far. And this was, a, a, this was just a really entertaining, enjoyable, fun episode to watch. Questions for the upcoming weeks and next week's episode. What's going to happen to that squad? Are they going to get out of custody with the DODC? 
how are we going to tackle that? Um, in my idea, there in my head, there's one of t- two ways. The first option is um, they just get out and it just happens and it's magic and we just kind of forget about it, which I would not be very happy with because this show is doing a very good job of telling full stories. Uh, option number two is to tell that full story, uh, to make that a, a point of interest in a storyline. We've got three more episodes to go. I think we can afford a little bit of time figuring out how they get out of jail, if they get out of jail, if they get out of custody, if they start working with the DODC. Who knows? Who knows what could happen here? Uh, can Kamala's mom see the train? Can she see this stuff too? Is it a generational thing um, in Kamala's family? And how will Bruno and Nakia support Kamala now that they both know? Bruno said that she, he is going to tell Nakia about Kamala's powers and everything that that involves. I think that's going to be very interesting. And we're kind of growing the immediate friend group who knows about Kamala's powers and kind of, you know, folding them into the mix. You got to fold in the cheese, as David Rose says. So uh, I, I loved this episode quite a lot. And uh, I will most likely rewatch it. Honestly, I, I thought it was a blast. I thought it was really, really fun. What did you think about this episode of Miss Marvel? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at 15 Minute Marvel. Got very exciting things coming in the next few weeks. A couple really exciting interviews. Uh, one involving someone from Miss Marvel herself, which is very exciting. Uh, a cast member that it that was in this week's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm still nailing down some details, so I don't want to say too much yet until it is confirmed. But stay tuned for that. And if you like Agents of Shield, like myself, if you love the AOS, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. I've got a fun interview with an editor that worked on Agents of Shield. And if you have any questions that you want me to ask him send them my way. Hit me up on Twitter. DMs are open at 15 Minute Marvel. Let me know what you want to know about the editing process of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or working on the show or anything like that that I can ask and and better tailor this interview to what you all want to hear. I'm excited for those. Big changes are coming up for the podcast as well, so stay tuned for that. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform. Huge shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark, Alan Cole Peacock, Corellia, Christina, TJ Zorich, Jessica, Carlos Freitas. Thank you all so, so much. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster. 